I'm Misty Winkler from Simply Convivial. Simply because I try to be clear, straightforward, and honest. Convivial because my aim is a cheerful, lively home together with my people. Episode 5. listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog, short but meaty segments to keep you focused and in the game as a homeschool mom. Atmosphere makes up one third of our education efforts and Convivial sums up the home and education lifestyle that we're after. Lighthearted, festive, together, full of life, and yet rich and meaningful. Add a dash of simple to keep it real and manageable and you have Simply Convivial. I'm all about classical education in our homeschool, but that's because I think that the best minds from the beginning of history have been wrestling with the same questions that we homeschool moms do. How do we make lifelong learners? How do we teach our kids not only what is right, but to love what is right and do it? How do we do that ourselves? How do we know what is most important to do with our limited time and energy? Joining that conversation is something we can all do, regardless of the label that we choose. Let's do it. For the first season of the Simply Convivial audio blog, I'm revisiting one of my favorite series, the Education is for Life series, where I take the principles of classical education and apply them to the home and our lives as mothers. This series was inspired by a set of webinars by Dr. Christopher Perrin, which you can find along with a set of pretty printable commonplace entries for all six Latin mottos that go with these posts at simplyconvivial.com slash audio. That's simplyconvivial.com slash audio, where you can also sign up to receive the show notes and links by email every week. And now, the meat. Living from rest, cum dignitate otium, or Sabbath, part of the Education is for Life series. This principle was another where I had to do my own searching for an applicable Latin motto. I couldn't leave out the concept that I learned from Leisure, the Basis of Culture by Joseph Pieper, or Rest, or Scolé, which have been so important in my homeschool journey. However, I had to laugh at myself when I started with a Google search of Scolé Latin motto. Scolé is, of course, Greek, and so nothing helpful came up. I discovered that otium was the Latin word for leisure, and although I had not encountered it in educational talks, it seems like this was the word that philosophers used to mean exactly what Pieper, in Leisure the Basis of Culture, was trying to convey, that to truly cultivate the arts, including those of reading, thinking, and discussing, we must have a space apart from the cares of marketing, buying, and selling. Otium, leisure, can mean idle restlessness. Just like our word leisure can be used to talk about watching TV at night, so otium could carry similar connotations of mere unproductiveness. The phrase otium cud dignitatis was a phrase used to distinguish the kind of leisure being discussed. It was a leisure that was with dignity, not the leisure of sloth or indolence. That is, it was a leisure characterized by worthiness, appropriateness, propriety, nobility, dignity, and self-respect. In the classical world, otium cum dignitatis meant one had time apart 
from an income-earning job in order to read, think, discuss, and participate in politics. Such a state of life was either a retirement earned after a lifetime of occupation or came as a result of inheritance. Cicero defines OTM as a state of security and peace, of tranquility of mind, which is cultivated when one is not seeking profit or personal gain, but rather contemplating, having a mind at ease. In the medieval period, this word otium came to be used primarily to indicate a peace of mind, a leisure which is internal more than an external circumstance. Petrarch, writing in the 13th century, says that otium is ideally spent on nature appreciation, serious research, meditation, contemplation, writing, and friendship. So in this phrase, we have wrapped up both the concept of a space set apart from economic considerations or getting ahead, and also the concept of a leisure that is internal, a way of being. I think that we need both meanings in our lives. Rest. Rest is a word that looms large in scripture. It's one of my pastor's favorite biblical topics and one that he weaves through many of his sermons. As with leisure, it is so easy to fall prey to the assumption that an admonition to rest is an admonition to do nothing. There are many layers to the concept of rest in the Bible. God rests on the seventh day. Noah's name means rest. God commands the Israelites to rest on the Sabbath and the Ten Commandments. God calls the promised land a land of rest, of peace, of inheritance. God promises David that Solomon will be a king who brings rest or peace. Hebrews speaks of heaven as the ultimate rest, the ultimate promised land. Jesus fulfilled the law when we could not, so our salvation rests in his work and not our own. Whether or not Sunday is a new covenant Sabbath or if the fourth commandment is still binding at all, I do think it is clear that God rested on the seventh day of creation in order to set a pattern for his people. It is a good idea. It is a pattern woven into creation that we have a weekly rhythm that includes time spent resting from our toil, from our cares and anxieties, and in God's provision and grace. In the Bible, Rest is both a real physical thing that we do bodily, and it is a spiritual thing. Resting from sin, resting in Christ's merit instead of working for our own. It is a matter of the heart, the attitude, the mindset. It is peace and freedom. I think that we should incorporate all three aspects into our lives. We are creatures who require all three. We need daily and weekly and periodic times of physical rest. We need the forgiveness of and freedom from sin that only comes from Christ's work done on our behalf. We need an attitude of peace and patience to reign within us at all times, even when our bodies are working. Rest in the home. How can rest and housework coexist? Are they not opposed to one another? I think the answer is both yes and no. Yes, Housework is our toil. It's where we work to get ahead, even if it doesn't earn us money. It is part of our contribution to the family economy. We need regular periods of rest from it. We need times where we turn off the eyes that can only see things that need to be done everywhere they look. That might take practice. God worked six days out of seven, and so it seems that we also should take a regular even weekly, break from that productivity mindset. 
In fact, this rhythm of rest tells us to let go of the guilt of not being always busy and active and getting something done. After we labor for six days, fully embracing the goodness of the toil that God has given us to do, then we also need time where we cease our strivings and be at peace in both mind and body. And as my neighbor and elder at our church says, there is nothing better or more restful than a Sunday afternoon nap. But there's another side to it too. Housework does not have to be opposed to rest. While the hands are at work, the mind can be free. Housework is menial, which means that it allows us the opportunity to engage in that life of the mind that OTM is all about, even while our hands are getting things done. We can have conversation with our children. We can listen to good music. We can listen to podcasts or sermons or audiobooks. We can simply have time and space to think. To the extent that rest is a state of mind rather than a state of body, housework and peace of mind clearly can coexist. In fact, that time spent in housework can even be used to cultivate peace of mind. Rest in schedule. Our schedules, how we use our time regardless of how it's organized, need to take all three aspects of rest into account as well. We need physical rest. We need it daily, and that might come through sleep, naps, devotional time, doing a hobby, having family conversation around the table after dinner, or reading aloud together as a family. We need it woven into the rhythm of our weeks, through worship on Sundays, fellowship with friends, maybe even an extra nap or a fun excursion. We also need to not feel guilty if we need it periodically. Summer vacations, retreats or conferences, and holidays are all extras that help us recharge by taking time away from the daily pulls of life. Also, these days, we need physical rest from our connectivity, from our screens, Try setting aside times during the day, or maybe even a full day once a week, and definitely a vacation period in the summer or at holidays, to turn off the devices. It can be startling how much the habit of turning to a screen when we want a diversion pulls us out of our life, and one of the ways to curb that is by taking control of it and putting boundaries around it. We need spiritual rest. We need to be renewed. We need to stop trying to do more and more to earn God's acceptance or favor because Christ is the only one who can earn it, and he gives it as a gift. Our strivings will not earn us God's favor and will not guarantee us the outcome that we want, as if God owes us children who never mess up big time because we homeschooled them. As the hymn says, Through his merit we inherit life and peace and happiness. If you belong to Christ, then you are in Christ and own his merit, through no merit of your own, and nothing you do gives you more or less of Christ. You are either in him or not. We need an attitude of rest. In this case, rest is the opposite of stress rather than of work. The two do not need to be synonyms. We need to carry rest, peace, around with us as our possession at all times. Christ purchased it for us, and we should use it. It's available and free. It's not easy, but it is possible. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.7 What steals our peace? Well, Philippians 4.6 implies that it is anxiety. After commanding us to rejoice always, Paul writes, The Lord is at hand, Do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety, stress, worry 
are the enemies of peace and rest. And God says, don't do it. What he requires, he gives. He will trade you your worries for his peace. He even tells us how the exchange works. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Two things, prayer and thanksgiving, even for the hard stuff, give thanks. Talk to God and do so with thanksgiving rather than grumbling. We can thank him in all things, as he commands, because he is in control. Nothing comes to us by chance, but from his fatherly hand. Therefore, give thanks. Thanking him is a practical way of trusting him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's simple. It's a promise. And it's incredibly difficult. It's something to practice, to attempt, to fail at, and yet get back up and try again and again. That is growing in Christ. We can't give ourselves peace of mind. We can only ask God to give us His. Oh, we're talking about schedules? We must take time to daily be in the Word and prayer, weaving thankfulness and prayer throughout our days. I do not have this figured out, and I am not consistent, but I know that it's true, and so I will keep trying no matter how many times I fail, and I hope you will also. And now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver Strategy, a brain dump. So after you've completed your first thorough brain dump and started processing it, what's next? Are you done with brain dumping? Nope. Though you're done with a thorough brain dump, at least until life throws you into the deep end again, you're not done writing things down. Once everything is out of your head and on paper, the trick is to just write things down right away so they never accumulate and clutter up your head again. This is called ubiquitous capture, and it's a habit that pays dividends the more you practice it. Ubiquitous means something that is everywhere, you're never without it. And capture refers to jotting down your thoughts before they've escaped you. So to practice ubiquitous capture is to write it all down right away. And to do that, you need a notebook, an index card, an app, something, something always at hand where you can write it down right away. What will you keep always at hand so that you're never without a method of writing down your ideas and commitments and thoughts before they elude you? As you learn to write it down right away, you'll make a brain dump into a continual habit as well as a sanity-saving strategy. Start with the free brain dump guide, which you can download at simplyconvivial.com audio. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes. That helps iTunes decide to share it with others looking for homeschool inspiration. Head over to simplyconvivial.com slash review for a quick and easy way to help spread the word. Thank you. And if you haven't already, head over to simplyconvivial.com slash audio for links to the latest episodes, to sign up to receive show notes, and to find this season's free download. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.